1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
2: sports radio, 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for big daddy Graham on a Monday morning. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about, uh, this morning as, and I've, i said this before, but it feel, it feels apt. It, it's every single week, I feel like I've come home in here, win or loss, and said the exact same thing, another hideous Eagles performance. This time in New York, against the Giants, they lose the Giants 27-17, and it was just a disgraceful effort. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I- I've been listening to Ricky's show, um, I watched some of the post-game show on TV, I listened to some of Rob and Dan on our post-game show after the game, and we all saw the same thing. It was a complete failure across the board from the Philadelphia Eagles. All the way around, and it's something we've said far too often this season. But it's what this team is. What a a just dreadful, dreadful performance. What a dreadful football game. Coming off a bye week Coming off fourteen days to prepare for a two and seven New York Giant football team, and you were outplayed, you were outcoached, you were outexecuted in every single aspect of that football game. Seriously, I don't know if there is one. I don't. There's not. There is not one single positive that I can draw from that whatsoever. Not one. I, I didn't see anything that gave me any sort of hope. I didn't see anything that gave me any sort of confidence projecting forward, whether you're looking at the rest of this year or even more concerningly, whether you look beyond this year, nothing, not one single thing coaching on both sides of the ball stunk right off the bat. It was obvious this team was unprepared first drive of the game. Giants get the ball. Daniel Jones dices them up right down the field. It couldn't have been any easier. Couldn't have been any easier for the New York Giants to go right down the field, go up 7 nothing, boom, right off the bat. Coming out of a bye week, well-rested, against the division opponent, a chance for the Eagles in this game, if you are worried about the standings and all that stuff, which, I mean, I frankly could care less at this point, but an opportunity for the Eagles to essentially put a stranglehold on this division? To possibly, you know, all but clinch this division? On Sunday afternoon, you could have the Giants fall to 2-8. Washington, you expected to lose. They did. And the Eagles come out like that. No emotion. Completely unprepared. That's on all the coaches. It's on Doug for not having the guys ready to play. It's on Jim Schwartz for not having his defense ready to play. Right away, you're in the 7 nothing hole. On the offensive side, just a dreadful game plan. No kind of rhythm whatsoever on that side of the football. Giants not fooled by a single thing the Eagles did in this game. Boston Scott had a long run. Eh, Good for him. Other than that, what did the Eagles do positively on offense in this game? No flow whatsoever. Going for two in situations that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Like, and I understand Doug Peterson wants to be aggressive. I mean, please, anybody out there with an analytics degree, anybody who maybe is smarter than me because I maybe I'm just too too dumb that I can't compute it in my head. But when you're down twenty one seventeen with five minutes left in the third quarter, I mean, I don't know. I think you'd rather make that a field goal game. I mean, you know, make it a field goal game instead of being down four. I don't know what analytics support that decision um I don't know if that was just Doug flying off the cuff or, or what exactly happened but that made no sense that was terrible um Jim Schwartz defensive game plan was terrible Eagles after the Boston Scott big run and this is uh you know was such a frustrating point in this game Eagles finally get some momentum down 14-3. to Scott breaks off the long run. You get the two-point conversion. 14-11. Okay. Defense needs to come out after starting poorly. You need to come out, and you're as bad as you've played. Just get a stop here. You've got the momentum, Our opportunity to take control of the game. What happens? Same exact thing would happen in the first drive of the game. Daniel Jones, right down the field, that quickly, Giants right back up 10. Right back up 10. Eagles unable to seize any kind of momentum. Unable to do a- a- anything to flip the flow of this game. Uh, you look at the defense. Defensive line I- is beyond infuriating at this point. Highest paid defensive line in all football. Uh, congratulations, Javon Hargrave finally uh, may- may got a sack today. Um, on a Which was essentially a coverage sack. Dan Jones still had all day to sit back there. But yeah, that's $13 million well spent. Derek Barnett, um, invisible again. Fletcher Cox did nothing a day. Uh, you know, Brandon Graham's the only guy who can hold his head high ever on this defensive line. The defensive backs making the same mistakes year after year after year. Whether it's sagging off too far, whether it's not playing the ball in the air, how many times do we need to see Eagles cornerbacks not look back for the football? How many times before they actually try to correct it? I, I, I guess I, I guess there's no limit because the Eagles have not corrected this. In Doug's area here, this has been a problem that's gone back to the chip days where defensive backs don't know how to play the ball. Just terrible. And you look at the other side, the quarterback stinks again. And I, I, you know, I, I really don't get the excuses. Like, stop with the excuses. Stop with the nonsense. The kid's not good. Okay, like let's let's get to the reality of it with Carson Wentz, and we'll dive into this later more. The kid is not good; he is not a good quarterback in this league. He's not. And when I hear callers call up, I don't understand this. It's so odd to me. Where uh, no hesitance to rip anybody else, uh, and they all deserve it. Howie, Doug, Schwartz, but then you, oh, I feel really bad ripping Carson. Why? Why do you feel bad ripping Carson? You still feel bad that he got hurt in 2017? Grow up. Like, seriously. You're an NFL quarterback. Grow up. We don't need to feel bad for Carson Wentz. We don't need to take Carson Wentz's feelings into account. Carson Wentz is not any good. Okay? And it, the quicker we realize that, the quicker we can move on with our lives and stop this, stop this nonsense every week Whether it's on the air, whether it's on social media, people trying to point out all the reasons why Carson's not playing well. Carson's not playing well because Carson's not a good quarterback. Okay? It's pretty simple. It's really not that complicated. It only gets complicated when you overcomplicate it. He's not good. I'm tired of this. He's a game manager. Uh, You know, it's it's just terrible. The O-line was terrible. Receivers don't make plays. Um... The secondary linebackers, I said. uh, The special teams. I mean, did the Eagles do one positive thing on special teams today? Other than Jake Elliott making a kick on the first drive of the game. Um, I feel like they had a penalty every single return. Whoever was back there on punts, whether it was Ward or Rager, not just fair catching a ball. like That should be pretty basic uh, football execution that if a ball is getting punted to you and you're standing at your 10 or 12-yard line, you fair catch it. You don't let it bounce and go inside the five. The Eagles had horrible field position all, position all day, whether it was not fielding punts, whether it was stupid penalties, uh, undisciplined play. It was terrible all the way around. And, you know, you can run through the schedule if you want. You can do this the, the, the stupid kind of Um, game where, oh, let's go through the Eagles schedule, let's go through everybody else in the division schedule, let's try to find a way how the Eagles can still get in the playoffs who cares at this point seriously, and I hate the fact that I am, I'm on the air saying this right now, because I'm always the guy who wants to get in the playoffs, I'm always the guy who wants to see you know, the Eagles get in and if you get in, anything can happen not with this team not in this division Whoever wins this division is going to get in. They're going to get romped in the first round by whoever they play. Probably going to be Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. And you're going to get crushed. And it just doesn't matter. And if you're doing that that, that exercise where you're still running the schedule and trying to see how the Eagles can get in, you're missing the point entirely. Because the division is a joke. It doesn't matter if they win it. This is a complete organizational failure. And even at the lowest points of 2018, after that hideous game in New Orleans, even last year after the game in Miami, I still didn't feel as dejected and as low and as just unhopeful. If that's a word, I don't even know if unhopeful's a word. It doesn't seem like it is. Um, But I've never been filled with less hope about this team than I am after that game today. Unhopeful is a word. It is a word. Wow, okay. Well, unhopeful then. Um, Off a bye week, playing the Giants, uh, one of your biggest rivals, and to come out with that performance, it's just terrible. And... Uh, Jeffrey Lurie better take notice. All I can say is he better take notice. And he better see what, you know, has happened within his organization. And the complete organizational failure, the complete uh, just, just ineptitude from top to bottom with this football team. And I'll tell you what. This year's starting to really remind me of. Eerily reminiscent of 2015. That's kind of what it reminds me of right now. The last year of Chip. Where, you remember, it was the same situation. Bad division. The Eagles were in that divisional hunt up to like the final week of the season. The the second to last week, they had a game with Washington at the link. And the winner wins the division. And they lost. And it's probably got Chip Kelly fired. But this season feels like that. That... Even if they won that division, you knew they weren't going anywhere with Sam Bradford at quarterback. You knew that team wasn't going to win anything. That's what this season feels like to me. And we all know the complete overhauls that happened after 2015. And that's what this requires. Now, am I ready to get rid of everybody right this second? No, I'm not going to do that. But I don't rule it out. I mean, the last seven weeks, everybody, everybody's job is on the line. And that means Howie Roseman. That means Doug Peterson. That means Carson Wentz. And everybody beyond them. Nobody should be safe at this point. Because this deserves a top-to-bottom evaluation. Eagles fans deserve so much better than we've gotten this year. And so much better than we got on Sunday afternoon. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. I'd like to hear from you tonight. I, I want to know what you're feeling. Because I I just feel a complete lack of hope with this team. And I'm not even talking about this season. I'm talking about the future. Like, I have not... I- I've, I've known this team has had issues. I haven't been on the train of this needs to be a total rebuild it might have to now um because to see this week after week nine games nine games this team has not played a good football game yet this year they've won three even those wins they didn't play well they have not played a good football game yet this season and i want to know how you're feeling i want to know where your mind is at Um, and you know you can let me know uh, who do you think should stay? Who do you think should go? Right now, everybody's job is on the line. Everybody in this organization, nobody should be safe. Everybody should be looking over their shoulder. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, let's get it started with uh, Keyshawn in New Jersey. What's up, Keyshawn? Yo, Keyshawn. Let's put Keyshawn back on hold here. Let's go to uh, Mike in Havertown. What's up, Mike? Uh, what's up, Tom? How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good, good.
3: Well, listen, where to start after this game, man? Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. I, You know, I'm really tired of, of everyone, you know, taking – I'm a glass-half-full type of guy myself. But a- after this game, I-, I don't understand the whole let's get Wentz playoff experience and, you know, if let's try and win the division. Like, how many, uh, how many playoff games did Patrick Mahomes have under his, his uh, belt before he took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, you know? I don't buy – you either are clutch or you're not. You can either play or you can't. And as of right now, it looks like Wentz is trending in the wrong direction.
2: Yeah, so Mike. I, no, yeah. and I'll let you finish. But, yeah, I mean, you look at it, and people point to t- 2017 in football years is is ages ago. And, you know, the last yep. three years, um, the majority of the time, he's been a, a average to below average quarterback.
3: Yeah, I think he's one game below 500. He might be two games now since since 2017. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly, after today, I really feel like the Giants are going to end up winning this division with, with five, I guess, what, five and 11, and the Eagles 4-11-1, maybe the Redskins 3-13, and 13, Cowboys. I, 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 this is what I, I can't get around. Why would you – I don't see the upside of having the Eagles host a playoff game. Let's say they end up at 5-10-1. Okay, they're going to end up playing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or maybe, you know, even better, Foles and the Bears. I, I don't see anything that they're doing on offense that would lead me to believe they could win that game. And the thing that really gets me is everyone in our division is going to have a top six pick, pot maybe top seven. So the Eagles, the earliest they could pick if they win the division is 19th. So you're now dropping 12 picks. All all to get possibly blown out at home on national television in the name of getting Wentz playoff experience. I, I just don't understand it.
2: Yeah, and Mike, you know, it's funny you bring that up. Like can you like you talk about, can you imagine them beating Tom Brady? Look at the quarterbacks no. they've beaten this year. They they beat yeah. Daniel Jones one time in a game the Giants should have won, the first game as well. They beat Ben DiNucci, and they beat yeah. Nick Mullins. Like these are the quarter these are the only quarterbacks they're capable of beating right now. Yeah, and I mean as far as their
3: cap situation next year, I mean everyone, you know, they're supposed to be 63 million over the cap. I mean, I just looking at it, I was looking at it online. There's a, there's I have about eight guys and you can tell me, I mean, what you think, but I think they have eight guys and from what I calculated it up, it'd be about 72 million if you, Alshon, Malik Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Brandon Graham, uh Rodney McLeod, Marquise Goodwin, and I think Barnett might be a guy, he's a 10 million dollar cap hit where they may cut him and then bring him back at a lesser number. Mm-hmm. And a surprise guy I have who may end up getting cut and would save him $13 million is Javon Hargrave. The guy's been an absolute disgrace. Oh. I don't see the effort. I just think he's – I don't know. I just don't see it. But, you know, they go from being $63 million over to cap to if they cut Hargrave, they'd be about $20 million under. So, you know, yeah, all those guys.
2: No, I, I hear you, Mike, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks. I, yeah, I don't know with Hargrave – what the cap penalty would be releasing him and stuff like that. I'd have to look deeper into that. But what a what a terrible signing! Like I mean, let's just uh, what an awful awful signing he has been. This was obviously the Eagles' top priority coming out of free agency. They did it immediately. They did it day one, three years, thirty nine million for Javon Hargrave. The guy hadn't done anything all year, and you know I defended Howie a lot, and to the point where. You know, it, and it, it makes me look stupid at times. I'm fine. I'll, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hide when I'm wrong. I'll admit when I'm wrong. It looks like I was wrong. I mean, Howie Roseman, over the last couple of years, it's been terrible. And it's been spending money wrong places. It's been missing on draft picks. It's been, you know, taking players at positions of need and just taking the wrong guy. Like, we talk about the D.K. Metcalf thing, and I mean, good reason why. By the way, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside today, the guy they took over, D.K. Metcalf, inactive. Not even worth dressing for this game. Um, and it's terrible. Howie, Doug, everybody. Uh, it's a complete and utter failure. Um, and everybody needs to be held responsible. Uh, Chuck Valentin, Chris Jason, all you guys, we'll get to you uh, right after the break. Here, going to take a lot of calls tonight. So if you want to get in, um, I know we'll probably uh, get a decent amount of calls. We will get through all of them as quickly as possible. I want to hear from you guys tonight. I want to know how you're feeling uh, as we talk this thing out. Because um, it's, 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 as, it's the most dejected i felt as an Eagles fan since the Super Bowl. It really is. Um, and I can say that with honesty and with certainty. I haven't felt this badly about the future of this football team since the beginning of the 28 season. And uh, that 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 is always a disturbing place to be in with a foot, uh, as a football fan when you know your team uh, could be on the precipice of a rebuild. 215-592-9494 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Most Kravitz producing tonight right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, uh, on a Losing Monday morning for the Eagles. A wild day of football. We'll get to the Week 10 recap later on. Um, It's a good thing I laid off. I I told you yesterday when I was on, my pick of the day was Cardinals minus 2.5 against the Bills. Thank goodness I did not actually take that because that is one of the worst bad beats of all time where Cardinals are down 30-26. to Kyler Murray throws a Hail Mary at the end of the game. DeAndre Hopkins catches it for a touchdown. Cardinals betters have got to be thinking this is the most miraculous victory of all time, but they take a knee, and it's the right move. I mean, there is uh, you know, nothing that, that good can happen. If you try to kick the extra point, it gets blocked, gets returned for a two-point conversion. It's a tie game, so it's the right move. But man, the range of emotions for people who took the Cardinals... Um, as they saw all that going down, must have been uh, just, uh, just brutal. So uh, glad I didn't take that one, but a uh, crazy ending to that game. And you see what that, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to watch a quarterback, you know, be able to make plays. And because apparently the bar for Carson Wentz now is just, oh, well, he, he doesn't deserve the majority of the blame. Uh, we'll get to Carson a little later on, but, I mean, the, the bar we have set for him right now is, is absurd. You know, this is a fifth-year quarterback, supposed to be a franchise player. And, um, you know, apparently, according to most people I've heard, most of the people uh, that I've seen on social media, as long as he's not the main reason the Eagles lost, you know, Carson's doing a good enough job. And um, that's, that's just, uh, that's not acceptable. And the way he's playing is not acceptable. Not just him. Doug Peterson was terrible. Everybody in the organization... Is terrible right now, and uh, this requires a full, a full top-down assessment from Jeffrey Lurie. Um And that's what the next seven weeks are about. Does anybody deserve to keep their job in this organization right now? Uh, nobody, nobody would be safe, in my opinion. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Chuck and Malvern. What's up, Chuck? Yo, Chuck. Hey,
4: is this me? Yeah, that's you. Hey, yeah, I'm, uh, I live in Melbourne and I, uh, I'm, I'm educated. I'm an executive MBA from St. Joe's okay. and, um, I worked at Vet stadium and I worked at Villanova field house and we have a lot of talent in coaching in the Philadelphia region. And father Rashford is the, he's the uh, father of organizational, organizational dynamics. Now he's got Parkinson's disease and he's, He's contained for about six months now and not able to talk to anyone. But I'd like to see a business intervention done with the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, I could lead that with Jeffrey Lurie. I started a. I'm a railroader. I started a sole proprietorship with seven units under it, and um, the the whole thing is that you know if you look back at the Philadelphia Eagles when when we played Dallas, all right, Mm -hmm. that was. That was big time no matter where it was. We traveled to Dallas and you know, they're rivals. There's there's no communication between team players. There's no communication at all between the coaches and the players and sponsors push people to get ahead and mentors teach people how to get ahead. So so what where are you, where are you going here, Chuck? What, what exactly well, what is this? What I'm, the I'm crux going is here. that once you know, he he was talented back back where he was in North Dakota. However, he wasn't groomed to be a NFL player. Mm -hmm. He he hasn't been groomed properly. And and I give him a lot of credit with AO1, his foundation and all that, but he's distracted. He's not focused on being an NFL quarterback. I have a TO jersey. I'd like to see McNabb come back and a couple other quarterbacks and have Jaworski put a helmet on and go and throw the touchdown pass. Uh, are you now, now you're you're
2: trolling me here, Chuck was this whole call just a a big troll here no no it's not a troll you, you want you want, the, the Ju- you want 65 year old Ron Jaworski you want 65 year old to uh suit up lace him up and go
4: out there that's what you want to say I'm, I'm i'm using that as an analogy analogy for what well the the coaches Doug Peterson has to let his his coaches coach deuce Delly's qualified. let deuce daly call the place let him come up with the first 15 place and discuss it with Doug and let Doug give him feedback. You know, we learned that, we learned that as kids in Sesame Street, cooperation makes things happen. There's there's no cooperation. There's no, everything's yeah. disjointed with the Eagles. I got
2: you, Chuck. I, I appreciate the call. I mean, I, I, yeah, things are disjointed. I don't know. I don't know what Chuck's whole. um it sounded at first like he's angling for a job with Jeffrey Laurie, saying, you know, I could I could a- add something to the organization. Okay. I mean I don't know what I'm gonna like I don't I don't have any pool with the Eagles, Chuck. I'm sorry. But there, there's nothing I can do to help you out there. I'd say send an email um, to, to the Eagles organization, maybe if you make a convincing case, uh, they can, they can work you in. I, I don't know. Um, then it sounded like you wanted jaws out there. I I don't know, but, um, I, I appreciate it, Chuck. And yeah, I think we all know. I think we all see the coaching is a major issue right now. Um, one of many with this team. Let's go to Valentine in Charleston. What's up, Valentine?
5: Hey, how you doing tonight, buddy? Dude, what's up? Man? Here's the thing. I usually come on here and complain about the running game. But I'm going to go back to 2017 and and tell you what I don't understand with Howie. He had the formula on how to win. You get a big back. You get a lightning back. You you have all these diverse running backs. And he still, they won't run in the second half for some reason. Why did Boston Scott only have three carries in the game? Three carries. That told you
2: something. That's coaching. Yeah, I mean That's Chuck. Coaching. Yeah, I, I get it, Chuck. But you know, you do have to throw in the NFL to score points. You do. Like, okay, but see, you can't just the run problem. the ball constantly. You can't. Yeah. go ahead.
5: Go why? Ahead. Why one? Why one? When we get third down in two, and third down in one. Oh well, this we're at, at two plays. We we got two plays to get this shot, No, no, no. Because he's going to go on fourth down and, and lose it. Okay. So why can't we? Why are we throwing forty yards down the field on those plays? And then go ahead. Why don't we just get the first down? What's wrong with a 13 play drive a 14 or a 17 play drive? We don't do that anymore because we're trying to go for bombs too much. I mean, I, I actually, in this
2: game, Valentine. I actually thought the Eagles were trying to work the ball down the field uh, slowly. I, they didn't take many shots. I mean, they took a shot to Rager late in the first half. I didn't think they took too many shots down the field. I thought they were kind of going with that game.
5: I didn't see the, th- the three-yard pass or the four-yard pass when you only needed one yard. I didn't see any movement of keeping moving Carson out of the pocket. Everything was about the pocket. He doesn't move anymore for some reason. You know, and I, I blame Howie, like I said, fifty percent of the blame is on him because I don't think he had the right players. Like you just like you said, all of these players he picked, they they just cut what four players in the preseason that he bought in the last
2: couple of years? Yeah, I mean they they they, they have not worked out. A lot of his moves haven't worked out, whether it's free agency moves with Hargrave, whether it's draft picks. Um, Howie has messed up a lot of things with this organization, and He's it starts with him. The Harold
5: Katz. It starts He's with him, Katz right? Now.
2: And it's it goes to Doug. It goes to Schwartz, and it's all throughout the roster. Valentine, it's everybody. So wow, I, I appreciate well, it. Man. Uh, thank you for the call. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, could they have run the ball a little more? Sure. I mean, the Eagles ran the ball twenty three times today. They threw the ball thirty seven times. You're behind. You're going to throw the ball more. Um, but. You know, uh, and I, I get, okay, can the Eagles run the ball more? Sure. But, the, like, I, and I say it all the time, this isn't the 1980s anymore, okay? You got to throw to score points in this league. You got to throw to win. And, and the bigger thing is, you know, I, I, I'd stop yelling about run the ball more and think about why you want the Eagles to run the ball more. It's because you don't trust the quarterback can make plays, You should be able, you should want the ball in your quarterback's hands as much as possible, right? If you have confidence in that guy, if you have confidence in the offense, shouldn't you want to put the ball in your quarterback's hands? Shouldn't Doug Peterson be able to put players in positions to get open and and receivers be able to make plays when they have the opportunity to make them? Shouldn't the offensive line be able to protect better than they are? You want to run the ball a couple more times, fine. But I don't think every time when the offense struggles, the answer isn't always run the ball more. It's just not. Let's go to Chris and Williams now. What's up, Chris?
6: You know, Tom, let me address Valentin's point real quick. So he talked about getting Carson out of the pocket more. You know, every time Carson rolls out of the pocket, he ends up getting killed. And you know what? That's not a bad message to be sent. That's not a good message to be sending to your quarterback Is every time you roll out of the pocket, you've got to be worried about getting killed. You know, for me, my biggest problem for the past couple of seasons has been the offensive line. And you, you, you toward my lot of really, is that the best we're going to throw at, you know, like, there has been so many times this team has not addressed the big need that has been around Carson Wentz, and that is his own line. When you have to resign Jason Peters because you don't trust Andre Dillard to do the job, that, that, that's an indictment on Howie and his drafting capability. And that You know, that's been my biggest problem for the past few years. Ever since the Super Bowl, this team has been complacent with cutting contracts and trying to, you know, fit square pegs in the ground holes. They can't just pull players from this team, that team, and that team, and think they're going to just work. It just doesn't happen like that. And, and So, I, you know, I'm frustrated as all get out, the way this team's been handled. And and Doug Peterson, you know what? For, for everything that, you know, he, you know, he's done for us. Like, I, I, I still say that that was a, an Andy Reid help. Like, you know, Jeffrey called out Andy Reid and tried to get him to help us. And that was Doug Peterson. had, it, you know, had it worked right. I think Frank, uh, Frank Reich should have been echoed to the scene all along. Yes, you're going to get these calls because Doug Peterson, is, you know, that's Super Bowl year. I give more to Frank Reich than I do Doug Peterson any stretch, and uh, I, I, since then, I just see a guy who doesn't know what, you know, the X and O's are of this team, like he doesn't know how to control the clock properly, and it is so sad to watch this team, like, in the Dallas game where they're trying to you know, I don't think it was a Dallas game, one of these games this year, they looked like they didn't know what they were doing when they were trying to run the clock out and they were just running around like chickens with their heads cut off. You know, it, it shows really the ineptitude of Doug Pearson as a coach. You know, I, I, this whole team, I don't trust that head-to-toe. I really don't. And it starts with Jeffrey Lurie. I, I, I really think, you know, he he's lost a touch of this team and it's it, it just really crumbling underneath him like a cookie.
2: Well, Chris, I don't know what game you're referring to there, but you look at Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, I think Jeffrey Lurie in general is a good owner. He's not meddlesome, which is what you would want. But, you know, at times you got to see what's going on and you got to step in. And I think this is one of those times where Jeffrey Lurie needs to understand that this organization beneath him has failed miserably over the last few years from Howie to... To Doug, to uh, Jim Schwartz, to Carson Wentz, it's all been a complete organizational failure. And what it reminds me of, of twenty, is it twenty fifteen? The last year, of Chip Kelly, when Jeffrey Lurie got to the point where he saw how bad things were. He couldn't ignore it anymore. He realized big changes need to be made. And I can't tell you what's going to happen in the last seven weeks of the season. I personally don't see this thing getting turned around. Um, and I see the season kind of going down the path that we've seen it go so far this year. Um, but yeah, Jeffrey Lurie's got to take note because nobody's job should be safe right now. Nobody.
6: You know what? No, nobody's job should be safe. I, I, he, he trusts too many yes men in his in his circle And, you know, what, look, I'm going to give you something really completely random, Tom, all right? Now, if you were to tell me that Dallas called tomorrow and said, look, we'll trade you Zeke Elliott for Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz, and and the Eagles said, okay, you know what? I think the Eagles would actually be better off with Car- without Carson Wentz and Zachary for this team I anymore. Have, uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I, have no, I don't know why you'd want Zeke Elliott with that contract. i have no the interest. The point
6: in is filling a hole of need. You, you know what? You look at Miles Sanders. I, 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 yes, he is good, but you don't have anything behind him. You put him in a 2 role, and you put a guy like Zeke in there, it's fantasy because I don't want Zeke on my team. I hate him. I think he's a piece of garbage. But just saying, he's one of the best backs in the league. You put him on this team, this team is instantly better. I don't care if it's Jalen Hurts back there or Nate Sunfield back there. Just having more holes filled than you do right now with Carson Wentz in there? Dude, we had to rely on Alshon Jeffrey. Where would that go tonight?
2: I got you, Chris. I appreciate the call. I mean, I I don't know how you come out of this game and think running back is the Eagles' biggest hole. I mean, running back is not... I mean, running back's not an issue with this team. I look at the quarterback play, okay? The running game was fine in this game. Boston Scott broke off a big run. Miles Sanders getting nice chunks. Um, the problem is the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the offensive staff, which, by the way, this staff has been terrible. This revamped offensive staff um, that the Eagles blew out Mike Groh, and I'm not shedding any tears for Mike Grow, but let's face it. I mean, Marty Mordenweg, Rick Scangarello— Press Taylor, who I mentioned last week, why does this guy not get more criticism for the fact that Carson Wentz has regressed on his watch over the last three years consistently? It's on them. It's on Carson Wentz. um, And ultimately, it does go back to Howie Roseman. And they should all be held accountable right now for what is happening. Um, Because it it is an absolute failure on every single level. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Uh, Jason, Mike, Kentry, will get all you guys. Uh, stay there. Um, but when we get back, uh, we'll get back to the phones. And I also want to talk about something that's bothered me lately. And it's not really a social media gripe. I'll save my social media gripes uh, for the next couple times on this week. But it's a gripe with, you know, w- something people talk about in regards to the Eagles. And uh, we need to... Kind of come to terms with the reality uh, that that it's in the past. So we'll do that when we get back. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio ninety four WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Um, it's crazy, man. I'm I'm watching NFL Network and Mike Silver's on there. Uh, and the questions being asked is Doug Peterson's job in jeopardy? Is Carson Wentz's future with the Eagles in doubt? And, you know, eight weeks ago, I had said both questions are ridiculous. Um, now, both are very valid. And, um, you know, come the new year, there could be a new head coach. There could be uh, a new look as far as whether Carson Wentz returns as quarterback of this team next year. And I was able to get the comments that Silver made about Carson Wentz. We'll get to those later on in the show. Because there are a couple details in there that I find very interesting. Uh, So we'll play that a little later on. We got sound from Doug to get to, as well as sound from Carson Wentz. We'll get back to the phones in just one second here. But I got to give you a a little gripe. And I guess it's somewhat of a social media gripe. But just in terms of a complaint I have with Eagles fans. Where in the midst of a bad game, um, people will... I don't know if it's a defense mechanism or if they just don't want to admit how bad things are. But, you know, when Carson looks bad, or Doug's calling a bad game, which he has many times this year, um, or the issues on the roster are evident, um, and people want to defend Howie, you know, people will always point to, well, look back, they just did this in 2017. Look at Carson in 2017. Look at Doug in 2017. Um, Look at what this team did in 2017. We got to stop mentioning 2017, okay? I'm just, I'm so tired of it. I really am. Yeah, I'm glad the Eagles won a Super Bowl. It's ancient history. I, I, I would like to see them do it again. So I don't really care about what happened in 2017. And I've said, you know, you look at it, and the more time that passes, the more evident it becomes that 2017 was a fluke. We might not want to admit that as Eagles fans, But it was. It was one of those years where everything fell the right way. Every signing worked out, whether it was Chris Long or Alshon Jeffrey or LeGarrette Blunt. You know, all those signings kind of worked out. The schedule fell the right way for them. Backups stepped up when guys got injured. Um, You know, they got some beneficial matchups in the playoffs when you look at you know, facing Minnesota in the championship game and Atlanta in the divisional round. It was just one of those years where everything kind of worked out the Eagles way. Everything that needed to happen, happened. And then we heard about the new norm and Doug saying, get used to this feeling on the art museum steps and all that crap because essentially that's what it was. Um, The bottom line is none of it was true. None of it was real. You know, it was great for that one year but it was no indication of things to come. It was just one of those magical years and nothing more. And the more time that passes, the more clear it becomes that it was all just a fluky year. The Eagles weren't going to become a dynasty like the Patriots. You know, they were going to be very much like the 2015 Broncos, just like a one and done champ. You know, and and it's a fun season, but it was no indication of things to come. Because ever since then, the Eagles have been an average football team. We were fooled because they snuck in in 2018, thanks to the Vikings collapsing. Um, we were fooled last December because the Eagles, uh, you know, beat up on a bad NFC East. But it's finally come to time to come to terms with the truth. The 2017 team is gone. That is not returning. And the Eagles aren't going to be true contenders again until they overhaul things, until they truly change the way they approach things, the way they do things. It's an organizational failure from the top down. As I said, nobody should be safe, whether it's Howie, Doug, Schwartz, Wentz, nobody. And I'm just tired of hearing about 2017. It was a fluke year. I'm glad it happened. Um, I'll remember it forever, but it, it, that, that, what happened in 2017 has absolutely no bearing on anything going on with this team now. And uh, what's more, you know, relevant is what they were in 2018 and 2019, which is average to, to below average. 20, uh, uh, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494 If you want to get in, let's go to Jason in Ridley Park. What's up, Jason? Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Um,
0: you know what? I agree with you. It's it was a miracle that we made it to the Super Bowl and won. It was a just fluke. watch. It, you know what? It was. It was a miracle. It was like Kyler Murray throwing a Hail Mary today. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, was, I mean, uh, you look at it, was, it um, you know, things that never ha- that haven't happened since. Like a guy like Aguilar has a good year and just all these things that had to fell, fall into place fell into place. But, um, you know, they're, they're nowhere near what that team was anymore.
0: Right. And you know what? I mean, we've been beating a dead horse with the D.K. Metcalf thing, and Sidney Jones was a terrible pickup. We all know that, but put, I, I try to put that aside. So why not utilize Fulcombe, Ward, Rager's back? Like, come on, how many touches did those guys get today? And Jeffrey as well, you know? they.
2: Yeah, and I, I think the of that, possession was equal, too. Yeah, you I know, mean... It, they tried to get the ball to Rager some, um, you know, and it didn't work out. They, they, they tried going deep. Nothing was there deep, but uh, they were unable to work underneath. Dallas Goddard had four catches for 33 yards, and, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they didn't try to get the ball to Fulgham more. That made no sense. No,
0: it didn't. And you know what? I, I blame the coaching as well. I really do. I think it's their, they've lost their step. <laughs> they've lost their way. They just—they uh, can't pull it together. They look like a below-average team, honestly. You know, and we're playing the Browns next week. I think we're going to get smoked. As much as I hate to say that, because I had high hopes for them today. I think all Eagles fans did. You know, yeah. And Daniel I mean, Jones
2: was on point all, yeah, all day. Yeah, Jason. And, I, I kind of looked at it and I thought they'd win a close game, but I wasn't—I wasn't overly confident. And yeah, when you look at it, look at the quarterbacks they've beaten this year. Daniel Jones in a game they shouldn't have won, Ben DiNucci, and Nick Mullins. They're the only quarterbacks this team's capable of beating. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, appreciate and, it, man. But, and you, you know
0: what? Why not give Hurts a shot? Yeah, you know, I every mean... the other team did it. Didn't they take Cam out for one game? Well, <laughs> Cam, well, so he, can't well like. he,
2: Cam had uh, tested positive for COVID. I appreciate the call, Jason. I mean, hey, that discussion's going to continue. And I understand why it would. And we'll we'll get to Wentz more in the 3 o'clock hour, but he's just not good. Like, I don't know what else to say. I, I There's not really, you know, I don't even think it needs much deeper analysis. And, and, you know, you can point to the line, you can point to the weapons, point to whatever, point to Doug, and Doug, Doug deserves to be criticized. The offensive staff deserves to be criticized. They've been awful. But Wentz is not good. Like, uh, uh, just watch the game. It's pretty easy to see. And the the way people just excuse excuse him away, um, it just it's it's very odd. And Joe Giglio on Twitter, Joe Giglio made the perfect comparison for Carson Wentz. What Carson Wentz was on Sunday, uh, Joe tweeted, and I'll give Joe credit because it was perfect comparison. He was the Bengals version of Andy Dalton. That's what he was on Sunday. He's c- just kind of there, you know. Was Carson Wentz awful Sunday? No. Was he good? No. Did he make a difference to help you win? No. He was just kind of out there. You know, he, he made a couple nice throws, made a few bad throws, made some bad decisions. Um, didn't really make any plays to jumpstart the offense. Um, he's an average to below average game manager right now. And, uh, that's just something we got to come to kind of come to terms with that's what Carson Wentz is that's all he is right now uh, let's go to Kent in West Philly what's up Kent hey how's it going how's it going
7: man I'm sitting here and I'm just wondering well, it's funny because we're about to play the Cleveland Browns and I'm wondering when did Philadelphia become Cleveland because that's how we, that's we the way these fans are acting that's how we've been looking it's like I got kicked out of a Facebook group earlier for post, for criticizing the team, the entire team, not just one person. I criticized Doug. I said Howie needs to go because he's, all these players he keep picking, it's just not working out. And pointed out basically how Carson Wentz has been not playing good. And it's like anytime anybody criticized Carson Wentz, it's like the bar has been set so low. Yeah. And with Eagles fans now I, I can't recognize anybody like we used to kill Donovan McNabb for anything he did for yeah. everything we had that's the our reputation in Philly was that we've held all of our players to high standards we wanted you to come out and compete and play hard and if you was coming out and just telling us oh well you know yeah I'm playing bad but I'm just going to continue to be aggressive anyway and and if I turn the ball over, that's just who I am. Or Doug and doing the things he do. And the bar is set so low. I've never seen this at this point in my life. It's it's bad. No,
2: it is. <laughs> It's true, Ken, and it's to the point where you know people are defending Carson Wentz, basically saying, "Well, he's not the main reason they lost today." That should not be the bar set <laughs> for your franchise quarterback. It should be okay. How are you going to come back and make plays to help us win? Not just, "Oh, well, the defense was bad and the coaching was bad and Doug made bad decisions, so it wasn't really Carson's fault." It's like, no, everybody shares in the responsibility, but he's the quarterback. He's going to share a big, a big, uh, a role in that.
7: Right, and it's like they ignore. It's like play, just like in the Dallas game, that one play stood out so much to me. When he ran to the one side of the field, and there's nobody on that side, but he tries instead of just throwing the ball out, he tries to turn it back around to throw it to the other side, end up fumbling, and everything else. Somehow, some way, somebody would take that play and blame that on Doug or something instead. It's it's, and then like everybody keeps calling and talk about the running game. Miles Sanders had like thirteen carries, for eighty-three yards. I think Boston Scott had like fifty, sixty something yards on three, four carries. Like I'm not saying that they they couldn't have ran the ball more, but like right. you said before, it's today's NFL. You got to throw the ball. We can't run it fifty times a game and think we're going to win. And the reason why they don't want us to secretly they don't want us to uh, they want us to run more is because. They don't, deep down inside, they see what we see, that you can't put it in Carson's hands and think that he's going to get us the game.
2: Right. Like, Ken, I don't think a bunch of people in Arizona are calling Arizona Sports Radio talk stations after the game and saying, (laughs) well, we should run the ball more to take the ball. No, it's you want the ball in Kyler Murray's hands as much as possible because he's your best player. Yeah. So I appreciate it, man. Um, uh, Thanks for the call, Ken. Uh, Good call. And, yeah, I mean, and we'll get into Wentz more Uh, In the 3 o'clock hour here. Um, But, I mean, just look at what happened Sunday. Carson Wentz, your franchise quarterback, was significantly outplayed by Daniel Jones. And really has been outplayed by Daniel Jones twice this year. Because Daniel Jones outplayed Carson the first game as well. The Eagles got a nice comeback in the end. That was great. That was fun at the time. But... Daniel Jones has outplayed Carson Wentz in two games this year. Daniel Jones has been better than Carson Wentz this season. And think about where we are now compared to where we were two months ago. And I I really want to ask, I asked this to Ricky Ricardo before the show. And I'd like to get your take on it here. You have the choice. You have to make a decision right now. Right now. No waiting. No seeing more more time play out. You have to make a decision right now. Right now, with age, contract, every and you know, if you want to take contract out of it, you can too, but um you know, all these factors looked at for the long term, you have to choose right now Carson Wentz or Daniel Jones, who are you choosing? The fact that's even a question is unbelievable because I don't think Daniel Jones is very good, but right now Based on what we've seen, probably take him to Daniel Jones. He made some big-time throws on Sunday. Carson Wentz did not make one big-time throw. There were some throws to be made. There were Obviously, the line was bad. There were other issues going on offensively. But there are a few big throws in this game. A big throw when the Eagles were backed up down 21-17. Carson throwing to Dallas Goddard. Throws it over his head. Um, late in the game, Eagles 3rd and 10 in Giants territory. Throw is behind Folgum. It was a tight window, but the ball's got to be out a half second sooner. So when Folgum turns around, the ball is on him in the spot it should be. The ball should be on him in that spot. Thrown too late, thrown behind him, incomplete. Fourth and ten, throwing a Rager. Uh, going up against Bradbury is the Giants' best corner. First of all, I don't know why the ball's going there to begin with. And I think Doug was confused why the ball went there as well. We'll get to that sound um, as well. But, you know, if he leads him, maybe have a chance to complete it. Throws back shoulder, doesn't give his guy a chance. It's incomplete. And Daniel Jones made big throws today. Um, and Carson Wentz didn't. And that's where we are right now. Where um, I think most people would say Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. And that as an Eagles fan, should, should horrify you. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Mike and South Philly will be first when we get back. Um, Want to keep taking your calls. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham,
1: Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.